Hey there, people of the interweb. Uh, it's me, Brandon Noel. I uh, just want to thank you for bearing with us. I know it's been a while since we've updated. Um, we do have a lot of good episodes coming up. I'm going to try to get them out quicker and faster than we normally do to to to, to get through some of our back catalog. Um, but uh, first and foremost, I want to thank everyone who came out to the Hemet Library Comic Con. Um, for the last three years, I've been the event coordinator and running the Hemet Library Comic Book Convention with help from Ambrose, um, who runs uh, Diggers Comics here in Hemet. Uh, really great show. It was a fun, fun show. The 40 uh, first showed up in, in full gara. Uh, they, they backed up the convention. It was an amazing show. Um, I just want to say thank you for everyone who came out and had a great time and supported their local artists. Uh, so, moving forward, I don't know if I'm going to be involved with the library's conventions. It doesn't look like that. I don't want to throw them under the bus. I don't want to start gossiping, but uh, for three years, I'm very proud of the work that we did for that convention. So, with that said... Um, if you're interested in picking up any of my books, you can go to, uh, let me get the, the link real quick. You can go to squareup.com slash store slash destiny comics. That's D-E-S-T-I-N-Y-C-O-M-I-X, where you can get your copy of Flatfoot McGee, which just came out a couple of months ago. Um... Thank you for all the support and love, and uh, like I said, we will get better about posting podcasts. With that said, this month's book is uh, Interview with a Vampire, written by Anne Rice. This is the iconic Interview with a Vampire. I'm going to be honest, um, I had a lot of fun reading this book. It was a really good read. Um, I think the um, Anne Rice Vampire Universe, this was my introduction to it. This is the first time I read it is uh, well thought out and um, incredibly well written. So this was a really fun one. I uh, hope you enjoy this discussion about Anne Rice's interview with a vampire. Oh. Luckily Dave burped right in the middle of my mic check. <laughs> nice! <laughs> Did it work? <laughs> yeah, I can see the line. He was ready for some high-class French audio. All right, Benny and I always see. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's start it here. Uh, today we are reading Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I am Brandon Noel. Maylene Noel. Louis Lopez. Wayne Abraham. David McFarlane. Justin Stallard. Bonnie Stallard. And we are the bookies. Um, I always get frustrated when I don't have a book on my hand, in my hands. You know what I'm doing now. Thank you. Um, book. We read. People yes. listen. Book. Interview, <laughs> the, interview with Maybe. a Vampire by uh, Anne Rice. Dave, I believe you put this in the title. Yes, I did. Uh, you want right. to tell Say us why? why and uh, yeah, ju- justify yourself. Justify yeah. your, your choice. Justify your actions. I actually like this because it's not like your traditional vampires where it's all scary and and creepy and then you get staked in the heart and you die at the end kind of vampire movie. 
it's kind of because it's not Dracula, in other yeah, words. Yeah, it's it's basically not a scary vampire movie slash book. It's kind of a a crybaby drama. <laughs> and uh, I originally watched the movie before I got the book. I got the book from the science fiction book club for one penny. And I said, hey, if the book is just as good as the movie, then it was worth a penny. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a, that's a good job. Because I, I, we had to buy it this month. The month of October. We're recording this <clears> in October for the listeners. So I, I thought to myself, any other month, we could have got this book so much cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> we had to pick the month of October. October it's going to be, oh, yeah, everybody oh wants God. to buy this. Now it's at a premium, huh? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I guess I'll, you want to start us off. We'll switch. We'll switch it up. You know? Oh, sure. You want to say what, what was your favorite character motif scene? Um, Figures the one day I could have started. What's uh, the no uh, what? Right. What's the? Uh, we usually do a summary. Yeah, summary. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just plot, big, just plot summary. Just real brief. Well, the the plot summary is uh, Louis. I don't. Yeah, call his last name because we I never can't hear speak. it. We, yeah, his actual last name. Life. I ever hear. No. Yeah, we're never doing that. It's in the late 1700s in New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, he is depressed because his brother died and he doesn't want to live anymore. He's basically being a crybaby. (laughs) And um, he wants to die and a vampire decides to do it. And that was Lestat. Um, it basically it's their adventures of living together and then a vampiric drama family. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like the Citizen Kane of vampires. It just goes through his life. Yeah. Yeah, as a vampire. As yeah. a vampire. And it goes through his adventures of him living in New Orleans and then uh, traveling the world with his vampiric daughter until they arrive in what they consider is the heart of vampire land, which is Paris, France. It was the height of vampire culture at that point. I guess because it's fancy, I guess I guess Paris is supposed to be a... Paris is dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you figure like a southern French, you know, it's from France. Like yeah. Well, you would assume you'd want a vampire or a vampire would want to live in a city where a there's a lot of people you could pick off a tourist attraction because people are coming and not necessarily you know mm. coming and going and b you would think um, a town that things are open late yeah it's a lot of nightlife like Vegas yeah. nothing ever closes you know oh my god Vegas would be perfect yeah right? that'd be an amazing spot to be a vampire <coughs> lots of prey. Lots yeah. of prey, a lot of people looking to do some stupid stuff. <laughs> Lots of dark yep. alleys. Lots of, mm-hmm. In spite of all the neon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And especially with Vegas, like theoretically, if we were to do a story in Vegas, I mean, it, people still sometimes associate it with the mob, so if someone disappears, well, right? Yeah. Mob! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um, all right, uh, do you want to start? Because I did give you the option. Oh, sure. Um, I'd have to say that my favorite character is Lestat because he kind of reminds me of myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see that. <laughs> because he's—he's—I don't want to say he's 
dying for attention because he's already dead, but... He's <laughs> <laughs> dead for attention. He's yeah, dying for attention, attention so long, he's dead for attention. Just like the, the movie, he says, oh, I never really had a choice, and he kind of makes you kind of feel sorry for him. But he's still, even though um, he has negative feelings for the people around him, he still wants them around him because he needs to have someone near him to make him feel better. Connect mm-hmm. with. Yeah. We see what happens at the end when he disconnects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Self-destructs. He's an incredibly social creature. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, I mean, whether I, no, I'm older than, than him in the book, really. Well... Well, yeah. he's got a Your couple hundred years. Your human life is longer than his yeah. was. Let's yeah. put it that yeah. way. Because well, <laughs> we actually don't I'm know. I'm older than the story. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm basically just comparing it to him because when he gets mad, he kind of, he doesn't actually do anything physical. He just says a lot of mean things to make people feel bad. And sometimes I'm that way. He's very... Yeah, um, you are. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in the end, I don't want to say he he regrets anything that he says. He just Regrets how things have gone. Yeah, he kind of holds it in, and then when the people give him the attention again, he's kind of happy until something makes him unhappy again. Yeah. Mm. And then... I mean, even in the end, after he did um, the horrible... I, I don't want to say it was all Lestat's fault that Claudia got killed. Because he didn't... He, I think he just wanted to put a scare into him. Mm-hmm. Because he wanted him back. Yeah. yeah. And even though he knows that he is part of... of Claudia and, and... How do you pronounce Madeline. it? Madeline? Madeline? Or Madeline. 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 He didn't really care about Madeline. I mean, he, he didn't he, even know her. Yeah, he was just pissed at Claudia. But mm-hmm. I don't think he wanted Claudia dead. I don't think he did. I don't think. He, I think he wanted to punish her to make her feel like how he. And he felt. wanted to separate her and Louis because he wanted Louis back. I don't yeah. think he knew the rules himself. Mm-mm. Oh, no. I think he did. I think he did. I think he no. just didn't care. No, no, because no, at the end he says to Louis, "I didn't know they were going to kill her." Oh, that, yeah. Like, he... he no, I thought you meant the rules in general. Right. Well, yeah. and the thing is, is that he didn't technically die. Oh, no. She tried to kill him. Yeah. So she work. should have had her unlife scared out of her. Yeah. But she shouldn't have died. And Madeline shouldn't have died at all. No. No, I think it was... It was... Yeah. It was all... Uh, Santiago and Armand. It was Armand's mm-hmm. doing because mm-hmm. he... Wanted all the himself. all of the distractions away from Louis, so he could have mm-hmm. Louis for himself. And I think it was him that did it. And, and then with Lestat showing up, it was kind of like, oh hey, I'll I could blame use, it on Lestat. I could, I could use yep. Lestat as as the blame exactly. Mm-hmm. The fall guy, yeah. yeah. But I like I like Lestat because he kind of reminds me of myself. Fair enough. What's your favorite? Well, I don't know if I have a favorite character or part I or do whatever. I, I did like the way she described the city's 
and uh, the way that you know, the people were her, her descriptions of places and, and people were uh, yeah, she very was high well on done. something. <laughs> um, the character development was uh, very good as well. I don't know if she ever lived in uh, Paris, but I know Anne Rice lived in. Uh, she lived in New Orleans. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. for I want to say like a number of years. One of the adages: "To write what you know." Write what you know. Yeah. yeah. Louisiana is kind of a scary, creepy place sometimes. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, it's old. Well, it's old, and yeah. the, the vampire thing is an issue for them because when it floods, sometimes the the, gray, coffins, the yeah. coffins will actually come out of the ground and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of their cemeteries are cemented in. Yeah. So. yeah. During, a, I think it was Katrina that that happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Several, yeah they had several coffins, coffins floating, floating out of the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate. Was there anything else you want to say that you like that? Okay. My favorite character is Claudia. Both in the movie. I, I saw the movie once. Not long after it came out, I don't think. It was, you know, a long time ago. And I don't remember a whole lot. But pretty much everything I remember about the movie had, had to do with Claudia. Yeah. Um, I liked her character development even more in the book because we get to know her more in the book. She's actually younger in the book than she was portrayed in the movie. Yeah. Um, which, the but movie, I see, she was like ten. Yeah, but I see why they did that because can you imagine having a five-year-old have to act all this out? Yeah. That's why they yeah. aged her up for the movie, and it was I was impressive that. enough for child actress Kirsten Dunst. Like, Again, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I think she was probably supposed to be like ten in the yeah, movie, like, like nine or ten. Yeah. yeah. So, so I could and in see the book she was she's five, five, yeah. five, and yeah. and a really little five, yeah. Yeah. and enough that she doesn't even. I I, I like. Because I've read other vampire stories where there's been children vampires, and some of them, it's the kids are, are just devastatingly beautiful, even more than the, the grown-ups, which kind of was the case here. But they're they have no compassion, they have no feeling. They're they're more destructive and all this. And in in at least one version, I know rules are you don't make a child. Like like the whole rule is you don't make a child because they destroy everything worse, you know. And um, well, they're also vulnerable. Right. But in here, it, uh, yes, she didn't remember her human life, so in a way she was more more feral. But but there was so much um, depth of character. And, and I didn't realize, because I, like I said, I don't saw the movie once, how long they had been. It was, they were together 65 years before they tried to kill a stop and escape. Yeah. You know, so you imagine she, you know, she's, I, I, I liked her journey both in the movie and in the book where she's struggling with the fact that she's still a kid, but she's lived long enough she should be a woman and she'll never be a woman and there's that struggle. Um, as a woman, I can I can see how that would, that would be, you know, horrible yeah, <laughs> in so many ways, you know. In a five-year-old's body. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and she has this, a very keen mind, um, you know, Louis made her appreciate all these things, you know, all these, you know. I think um, she was smarter than Lestat and Louis. She was. Mm -hmm. She was. She was was really intelligent. She was really a deep character. And um, I just enjoyed her character even more reading the book. I mean, like I said, I liked it in the movie, but I enjoyed it even more reading the book. And her, her character and her struggles and everything, like, I just, that's probably my favorite part of the book. Um, I'm with Dave. My favorite character, Lestat. Really? Like, I love Lestat. Oh, man. God. I got into him. I like him at all. You're <laughs> I love Lestat. <laughs> yeah. 
Not that I don't like him at all, but he just kind of irritates me. So I, I, I get okay. the feeling this is. I'm going to read the next book because apparently the next book is his book. Yeah, it's it's his life story. Um, uh, so I'm going to go down that rabbit hole, but um, I get the feeling that he he didn't get the rules either. He got some knowledge, more knowledge than. And he was hoarding that to keep Louie and, mm-hmm. and whatever, instead of trying to be equals. Um, Which he shouldn't have done. He shouldn't have done. But also I got the, the, the like my favorite parts was before, uh, the, I always get the names confused, the little girl. Um, Claudia. Claudia. Before Claudia showed I got the like odd couple vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and I really dug that. Yeah, like, that's you know, true. Eating on plates and forks to make the blind father happy. Right, just, but just miming it. Like, there's yeah. no actual food. Just making <laughs> sounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the movie does come off a bit sexually, a little bit. Oh, that's so totally the in the book. So does the book. This, is, yeah. this is a gay relationship, hands yeah. down. I don't want to say it was. it's a gay relationship, because I think it's no, 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 it beyond is. that. It's no. a. It's I don't a. Know if it like a home, uh, I think it's home beyond that. It's, it's a pseudo-sexual, extremely intimate homo relationship, is what it mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Like, like I don't, I don't know if they ever actually have like true human sex per se, but they are incredibly intimate with each other, right? They are partners in many, many things. They, they, they live together. They, in a way, love each other. But like, but I think I, I think, think it was that's more what was I think Lestat loved Louis way more than he loved Lestat. I think that's a like yeah. a, he liked a our spiritual love. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, and it's yeah. beyond mm-hmm. what most people would be thinking nowadays yeah. of people Not being so gay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, uh, I, I think there's, there's some physicality to it, but it's not in the not not in the human sense though. Like no. it, it is, it's different. There's, there's definitely the, the, the homoerotic between Louis and uh, Armand because yeah. they even talk about his mm-hmm. erection and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but like I, I get the feeling that there there's um, just uh, like, like a, an odd like it's almost like an abusive relationship is what it really is. Yeah, it is. You know. Yeah, unless that was sometimes very brutal. He was not it's, not physically. Um, it was just emotionally, emotionally and verbally, yeah. and mentally. It's yeah. It's like a it's it's a, like an like all you know like a wife afraid to leave her husband because he's abusive. Mm-hmm. Except that in this case they're both guys. Yeah. And then they get the they, they to expand that metaphor. They get a, they have a kid because they think that's going to fix their problems. Right. And for a little while it did, but it. But it really like so many couples. Like so yeah. many, so many couples. Yeah. 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 And also, when the child actually became aware, it kind of okay. It's not a kid anymore. Yeah. And and Louis had a hard time letting go of that. And, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but Lestat, I just anytime Lestat was on the page, I, I liked it. I, the the periods of where Lestat was off the page, I just it got it was yeah. So, but like, like I said, Louis we're talking about what you like. So yeah, let's yeah, That's okay. what I like. Mainly, mm-hmm. I don't think I had a specific character that I liked more than others. Um, there were scenes I liked a lot, like the first scene where I was like, "Oh man, this is such an intense, you know, crazy scene." When they tried to kill uh, Lestat the first time, you know, mm-hmm. when Claudia was just on him and attacking him, I was like, "Oh, this is so intense," you know. That and was really close to the movie too. Oh, was it? I, yeah. I said I saw the movie once, and I almost I remember almost nothing of it because it was like almost ten years ago that mm-hmm. I saw it. 
But, um, yeah, that scene was just so crazy. And then the other scene that I really enjoyed was Louis' first interaction with one of the French vampires. You know, the what's his name? Um, Santiago. Santiago. Yeah, Santiago. Yeah, when he's following him. Yeah, yeah, and following him. And, oh, I was, like, turning pages on that. You know, like, that, oh, that's so creepy. So, so fun. So I liked that scene was just because it was so... You know, the whole time he talks about having learned how to, you know, not be seen by people and, you know, how to be quiet and have people basically not know he's there. And then all of a sudden he's being followed and someone's matching him step for step. And, you know, it's really weird when, you know, he spent so many, you know, decades upon decades, you know, learning not to be seen. Then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, someone's following me. And chasing me and matching me step for step and oh my gosh and then the like first time he exact exact steps and then and then mimics him he like looks up mimic. yeah he looks yeah. up and he sees him and he mimics him almost perfectly exactly how he's going to react you know and do you know why he could do that because he was such a good actor for one and also because he was moving so fast that yeah. he could see what Louis was doing and could just right basically keep up with it in a, and it basically right. looks like he's doing it at the same time. I yeah. found it really interesting when we find out from Armand that Santiago's actually younger than Louis. Yeah. yeah. Because you think he's so good at this. And then, then you realize just how much Louis wasn't taught. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. You just exactly. go, dang it, Lestat. Why didn't you teach him that too? So he wanted to keep him there. I know. Make him always <laughs> think that he has something to tell him. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. So it was always, it was but, just scenes like that that I, you know, reading him, I was like, oh, this is so fun to just read, you know. So, um, yeah, like I said, I don't think I had a specific character that I liked over the others. Um, I guess if I had to pick a favorite character... You don't have to, but... Well, I'm saying if I were I to... I just threw that in the mix. It would be Looks probably... <laughs> I would say Louie, actually. Oh, Louie the Craig. There are parts where I don't like anybody. Because the Craig cries more than Louie. Like, there's parts where I don't like any of the characters. Yeah, but when the stat cries, it's for, it's for a good reason. It's, it's manly, Louis right? Louie cries It's manly tears of rage. Louie cries because he's a crazy. <laughs> I don't know. There's sometimes when I like Louie, sometimes when I hate him. So yeah. Yeah. There we go. And that's when you like the stat. He's not my favorite character. Body is my favorite character. Oh, yeah. so, yep. But I don't. Her own haircut. I don't really have a movie. favorite character, really. But <laughs> the game. No. I just threw it in the mix this time because the only thing that really resonated with me was a character. That's fine. So, uh, I I first read this book during very formative early college years, right? So like. I'm I'm kind of a, a young man at this point, kind of lost in the world, coming into his own, and so I immediately latched on to Louis, <laughs> like like he is essentially reborn again, and he's discovering new things, and I was kind of doing the same thing, and and like while I'm not a vampire, <laughs> like there was a lot that I saw in myself in him, like he he's he's observant, he's learning new things, he's he's seeing things he always saw but for the first time, and and like it, it's. It's interesting to um, to see that in a character, right? Um, but y- y- you guys are right when it turn- when it comes to um, Lestat being like he is sort of the dynamic character, whereas Louis can be stagnant at times. Like he's observant, but he will take forever to look at a painting. <laughs> I kind of like that about Louis. It's it's nice, but. I mean, there's a reason why when Lestat came on the page, you were instantly transfixed by him, you know? Mm-hmm. At, time, at times, Louis' observations of everything 
can be kind of boring from a reader's perspective because nothing is actually like happening. And the, di- the, the 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 dialogue sometimes reads like Claremontian, and that just it's purple prose describing again and again and again. I'll get to that later. Yeah, I think that's just Anne Rice. Mm. Well, she, actually, she must have smoked some wacky tobacco during the seventies. No, I will defend it as <laughs> Louis because it's a story within the story. Yeah, it's all his perspective. Yeah, I I, I will I will say that is that is Louis. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, um, I guess that was I guess that was my my point. Um, yeah, I, I liked him as a character the most, but I also loved Claudia's story. That was really good and really effective. <laughs> I'd have to say the the story was very descriptive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily have a character who stands out to say this is my favorite character in the book but I I enjoyed the look back at New Orleans when Louis was alive you know in that era and what's happening and then you know being there and there are changes taking place because they're there for like 65 year period mm-hmm. in New Orleans so obviously things are going to be changing Yet there are certain areas that Louis tends to linger and hang out in because those areas are not changing so rapidly. But those areas are becoming fewer and far between. And then when they go to Paris, you know, you're looking at this, you know, new industrial age Paris. And, you know, what's what's happening there in this bustling city that's running pretty much, you know, 24-7. And then when they make it back to New Orleans after their their stay, I don't know if they ever got around to adding up how long they were in Europe. No, but they just traveled for years and it never tells you how long. They traveled for years. So you, you aren't even sure how how long they were gone because uh, they were there and then and then Louis and Armand spent years traipsing around the world yeah. mm-hmm. so it could have been another 100 years 150 well, years when they get back when he sees Lestat we get a clue because a siren goes by yeah. so we're talking about modern now he talks about the fact that, that although there was an electrical outlet hanging from the ceiling for like electric light of some sort. He's there using, wasn't when he's, he's using, using a kerosene, kerosene lamp. lamp. Yeah. So it's it's modern day, maybe sixties, seventies, maybe not right. our present time, but it's modern enough that there's electricity and there's sirens and and, and there was like the, the red and, lights. And, and that's one, that's and one stuff, thing so. that that I did like 
about Louis' character is when he he goes through all of this stuff, the he may not necessarily care for change that's going on and you know still remembers some of the older earlier days and back to his human days but he changes with the times and that's what makes him totally different than Lestat Lestat is not able to change even Armand talks about and, the fact and that even vampires have a hard time with that. And that's have a hard time with that. And Louis is successful with that. And Lestat is at this point where he is cowering in a house, afraid to go outside because the outside world is too different mm-hmm. and too alien to him. You know, and he just kind of puts his hands over his ears and goes, na 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 when a siren goes by, you know, so with his eyes closed, so he doesn't have to see the flashing lights or, or hear the noise, you know, and, you know, when the final scene where Armand walks off and, and Louis doesn't realize that he's actually leaving until, you know, he's almost out of sight and it really didn't sink in until, you know, a week or so down the road, but you know he never he never saw him again. And and our Armand was he had been around longer than Lestat, yeah. And he had been making some changes, but he he was at the point of you know throwing in the towel on life when Louis showed up on the scene. And Louis was filled with this wonder and curiosity and all this stuff that just brought everything back for Armand, which is one reason that Armand wanted Claudia and everything else that would be a distraction out of the way, because to him, Louis was life. Louis was a breath of fresh air, something that rekindled his desire to go on living. So Louis was a catalyst for that, you know, and because of that, you know, you when Louis no loses that, that part of him dies. He's no longer able to provide Armand with what he needs to keep living, and so you see that Armand is walking off in the sunset, never to be seen again. So. Louis changes and stays current with times. Because even when he's starting the interview, it's cassette tape days. Right. So the 80s, 70s. Yeah. 80s. And there are the kids using it. But he's totally comfortable. Perhaps the year the book was written. In the setting, you know. So I, he wasn't like, oh, what's that? You know, he knew he knew what a cassette player was. You know, he's and he knew what a light switch was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was totally comfortable with the modern age. Right. But I, I just like those glimpses of starting way back then and just changes that's that's go, was going on in the city of New Orleans over the course of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was int- interesting and intriguing to me. There's um I don't know if you've seen it. There's a, a great vampire film, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. 
Um, it's a mockumentary, like docu- fake documentary about a group of vampires who live together. And this guy comes in and shows them the internet. And like has them up on YouTube and shows like videos of sunrises and stuff, and they're all just gathered around like <laughs> the YouTube, like oh my god. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a, a they can watch a video of the sunrise. Yeah. Can they? Yeah. All the vampire lore was before videos. So yeah, yeah. So they're just sitting know. there like, oh my god, like the YouTube. video doesn't. Emit ultraviolet light. Yeah. yeah, it's true. They could watch it. Although, you know, if we're going to go with some Doctor Who stuff, even an image of a, a, a angel will you know, destroy you. So I don't know. <laughs> hey now. So, but uh, uh, Dave, you want any qualms, quarrels, negative aspects? Um, stuff you didn't like. Yeah, there was a couple things. I think the one that that. I really didn't like the most was the the story about how Louis got depressed in the first place and wanted to die is because his brother died. I didn't really like that. I liked the the movie version better where his wife and his newborn baby were killed mm-hmm. or died of is it, I, I, I will defend the 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 book because I have a theory about that. See, I kept mm-hmm. expecting to find out that it was Lestat and some yeah. female vampire who were showing themselves to the brother as as the the Virgin Mary and the I kept and and the whichever well, saint it was supposed to be. Yeah. I kept I kept expecting that that they were trying to get the place for the themselves. The way they described yeah. his death, where it mentioned that he just. Floating like he was off the knocked off by a vampire. He, he was looked up. Looked up. I, I, it's yeah. got to be Lestat. Lestat that's that's what I always thought. I, I always just, thought, I just, and I just, I just expected it to find out. I never didn't did. like that portion of the story because it didn't mm. really make sense, and I like how the movie did it better. Mm. And then I will say, though, the depression of him wanting to die before he becomes a vampire continues all the way into his vampire life. So I think that's... Continues yeah. through the whole book. Uh, yeah, I think that's See, part I mean, of him. I guess it must be me then because... I wouldn't be feeling like that if one of my family members died, like my brother or sister or something. You're not as close to your siblings. I guess, but I mean, to the point where I want to die too? No. Now, if I had a, a wife and a kid mm-hmm. and they both died, then I'd be like, yeah, this kind of blows. I think I agree with Dave on that. I mean, yeah, I'm close to my family, but. Would you want it, but would you want to die if your sister died? Not if my parents or my siblings died, because you expect, especially yeah. in my generation, one of us has got to die first. Not trying to sound callous, but someone's, you know. Like, oh no, my brother died. I just don't see a reason to go and live in I would definitely but, die. I would definitely but, die. But, but here's the thing Louis blamed himself for his brother's death. Mm-hmm. See, it's different if he's blaming himself. It, it, it's, yeah. it's my fault my brother's dead. My brother would be alive if I had done things differently. And then it's and that's what threw him into his depression. You have to live with your brother having died and the knowledge that you were the cause of it. But in the you end, were the one that really, put him in his grave. He really wasn't, though. He wasn't, but yeah. it, he, it was he what he thought. It, he yeah. thought it was. That, I, I just, that was his interpretation. Yeah. I just thought it, that was kind of a, a lame part of the book for me. They could have done it like the, the wife-child death thing to put you in a depression and make it sound more realistic to me. Whether it sounds realistic to somebody else, I don't know. But that's just the way I felt. And and before I got married, 
If Sarah had died, I would have been depressed and ready to kill myself. Mm. Now I have Justin. He can console me if something were to happen to my sister. But Sarah and I were very, very, very close. I guess I just so. don't have that much emotion. Mm. You are a vampire, Dave. <laughs> yes, I don't know. And, um, Plus, I've struggled with depression in my own life, so I can understand yeah. it and I can yeah. see where it comes from. There was just, just like little tidbits that, that I'm not really going to get into because I'm just comparing it with the book and the, and the, and the movie. Yeah. Book and the movie, book yeah. and the movie. Book See, and the movie. Well, they did it here in the book, but they did it that in the movie. See, that's, like the, that that's one reason why I was glad I couldn't remember the movie because I didn't want to be comparing the yeah. two. I, I couldn't remember the movie in my head. I don't know about you guys. I did a really good job of not thinking about Brad Pitt and uh, Tom Cruise. I can't picture Tom, Tom Cruise at all in the role. I thought Tom Cruise did a really good job as listening. Right, but like yeah. when, when seeing these characters, I was able to get out of the movie and think of yeah. them as my See, own. I saw the movie first, so, so in, in, my, in my mind, they are Tom Cruise and, and, and Brad Pitt. I've seen the movie, and the actors didn't haunt my interpretation. I followed description off the book. Yeah. The main three did was that Louie and Claudia. I did well because I remember physically seeing them, but like I couldn't remember yeah. about yeah. it. Uh, Justin? Well, I have to say there were parts in the book where they could have made the descriptions a little shorter. Yeah. Or not so repetitive? Yeah. Not and repetitive, yes. I mean, there were Can we describe it? Five different ways saying the same thing. Yeah. I think that was just her trying wow. to fill up a book. <laughs> I mean, it's like five pages. It's like, okay, can we move on with the scene now? You know, just... That's probably another reason why I like the movie better. It, 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 it kept you it kept you going, kept you away. <laughs> right? Well, fun fact, Anne Rice wrote the screenplay for the movie. Yeah. Well, good, but she didn't have to write the she description. Had, you could see right. it. She had some practice. Dialogue. <laughs> this, this was volume two. Dialogue is fine. Dialogue is different than description. Yeah. And I'm not saying her descriptions were bad, because some of them were very beautiful. Yeah, but were. Oh, wait, you want dialogue? This whole book is dialogue. <laughs> it is, technically, yes, technically. I know. Yep. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? <laughs> okay, technically like they're like ten lines that aren't dialogue. <laughs> and also one not, not to answer. take away from you, no but um, I just thought, I mean, I liked how he created the story for the storyteller, which was played by Christian Slater, I believe, mm-hmm. in the movie. But there is no way in hell I would be able to remember every single little detail like he did. Vampires' memory is yeah. beyond human memory, just like their sight and perception of things. I can understand is beyond what you're human. saying there, but like to that. every single word for the past 200 years? Sure, why not? No. Well, <laughs> the, I thought that was a bunch of poop. The, the other option is that we're. we're we like, only use like 10% of our brain. So would the vampire use everything? Well, not yeah. even that. It's told from Louis' perspective. So, in theory. He, he could, could be thinking. He could be thinking. This saying how he remembers it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could, it might be that he didn't exactly say those words. So, oh, he but told me he remembers it. Yeah, yeah it's just how he remembers yeah. it. But it yeah. seemed like that. Like, like yeah. he has an eidetic memory. He's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> what would happen if Sheldon became a vampire? <laughs> I'd kill him. Stick <laughs> to the heart. I'd kill himself. He will. He will. <laughs> Um, the moment he had to touch someone else's skin. Yeah, <laughs> the other thing I can't feed. I, I, You're dirty. Um, <laughs> it's like, like the the ending was just 
it was a little anticlimactic you know just it's like oh really is that it yeah you know and just that's how the character being told the story felt too yeah we all feel like the boy when the narration ends are you kidding me that's all we have what? what? That's so boring. And I was predicting how everyone would react. <laughs> We're running out of here and finding Lestat. He's more interesting. <laughs> he is. Did you have anything else you wanted to say before I start my tirade? I mean, um, I'm good. I'm good. I'm tirade. Oh my gosh! All right, let's take a bathroom break. Okay. So everybody gets this one. Um. So oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, are your thoughts? There are so many things to okay, say about one. this. Um, <laughs> so many things. Uh, okay, let's let's just go with the fact that, that if you really get right down to it, okay, I just I got so tired of the. It, it's not even this book isn't even about vampires. Not really. The core of it is all this philosophy and morality and human nature and all this stuff that that Louis is. Const- okay, seriously, two hundred years of this. And he hasn't killed himself, stayed himself through the heart. Is this really how he feels? He he's been searching for this for two. Yeah. I'm sorry, but he needs to have more fun in something. I don't know. I just I just <laughs> felt like more fun. more fun in this or something like you know like like he's seriously just there's just so much. Not I'm not just not I'm not talking about the depression part because I can understand the depression part. I've been suicidal when I was younger. I've dealt with depression, okay? I get that. I can understand that from a personal level. And I've taken ethics and philosophy in college. Interesting classes. You can debate all sorts of stuff. But it's like all those passages in Jurassic Park that are talking about the butterfly effect in, in chaos theory. I'm like, can we just have a story and not deal with the the author's views of... Because I felt like like there's it, there's so it's repeated so much these these sections of philosophizing and morality is just repeated over and over and over again and you want to you want to stake Louis in the heart sometimes yourself because you're just like shut up and get over it can't you find find something to believe in but stop just ah as I said he's a crybaby no it's more than that um but anyway so there's that but there were scenes there were these scenes where Louis starts seeing visions. Oh, in the church. And seeing, not just that, there's like at least three, and I think there were about five, and I don't remember, I should have counted them, scenes where it just gets so weird, you're not even sure what's going on, because he's having a madness moment, Mm -hmm. to the point where one could make the argument, one could make the argument, that this entire interview is taking place in an insane asylum with a man who thinks he's a vampire, but he's really absolutely batshit crazy. That would have been a much better ending. <laughs> that is the epilogue that I was writing last night. I need to refine it. I will send it to you guys. It's about two and a half pages long. It's a scene where after he ta- after he finishes, mm-hmm. he dozes off, and he only thinks he's attacked the boy, and the boy's really a doctor, and there's this conversation between the doctors about... Yeah, I'll send it to you guys on the on the on our book thing because honestly, I have a separate idea. For <laughs> that's separate fine. Idea that's fine. Well. But I just had these. I I just I, I finally I was like, he is so insane. You want to? He's can insane. We add that into, can we comment on that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Comment. Fine. I, comment I, on my theory. When he was having like little visions and stuff, I always thought that um, he was high on 
some kind of drugs that his victims might have taken because it's still in their bloodstream and he's drinking their blood, so he's probably high on what they were eating or drinking or putting into their arms and stuff. Okay. Possible. It's an interesting theory, although in some of them he hadn't fed yet that night. So then I wonder. Well, it could have been. Theoretically, I'm just saying, if you're going on all those ideas, it could have been hunger. Like mm-hmm. the gods and the whole thing, like he needs to feed that much that you know. And he resists <coughs> his his. Yeah, no, that's fine. Everybody have your own ideas. I shared mine. <laughs> so Go ahead. I think what it comes down to is that that is how his dark gift manifests itself. Like like Lestat psychotic moment. No, no, <laughs> dark gift is, is humanity. Well, I, I I think it comes down to. His vampiric gift is some kind of super perception of everything, of the entire world around him. And so when he has his visions, he's almost entering some kind of like a metaphysical possibility space of things Parallel that could be scene. in this world or in that the makes other a or lot whatever. Of sense. But that's, like that and that and also <laughs> it also could feed into why he's so distracted by the beauty in everything because he's seeing it. He's seeing statues move when they're not actually moving. He's seeing how this painting is so beautiful and you can see everything on it for, you know, ten pages. Like, I I think his actual vampiric power is not just, like, drinking blood and being immortal. I think he has, like, like a a, a hyper-awareness of of everything. Mm -hmm. And he finds it so hard to comprehend that um, that he ends up almost going into like a kind of, of depression because no human brain can handle that kind of stuff, even like right. a vampire's brain. It makes a lot of sense because when he's first turned, he spends forever staring at Lestat's buttons. Yeah. <laughs> Stop staring at my buttons! Because <laughs> like, he, if if he can see he everything... LSD trip? <laughs> <laughs> Like, if, if he can now see everything, then he spent the last, what, 20-something right. years not seeing everything. Right. Well, wouldn't it be interesting if, and he never described it that way, if he, in looking at a painting, could see into the past and actually see as the layers of yeah. paint were being put on the palette, and that's why he stares at it so long, he's yeah. seeing it painted out before him as everyone's just seeing it finished. Yeah, I he, he has not only been reborn in, into darkness, but he has quite literally entered an entirely new world that almost right. nobody has seen. Well, that's, that's also cool. That's, so I'll yep, still share with you I, my little <laughs> thing that I wrote once I okay. typed it up, because I, I wrote it really fast by hand last night, Sorry. and today I was looking at it, and I'm like... Can't read your own writing. <laughs> what the heck? Was, what word is that? I don't even know. I don't even know. I've got to redo this. Bonnie's <laughs> I just it couldn't come out fast enough. Like I couldn't write fast enough to keep it. I was just in my brain. Chicken and I had to get it out. Write chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, in my mind, he's a madman. In your mind, he's just a advanced vampire. You've given him like a holding <laughs> call field thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. So, yeah. All right, go ahead. What didn't you like? <laughs> uh, my biggest problem is the audio book. Mm-hmm. Is fourteen hours and twenty five <laughs> minutes long. Wow! There is no freaking way this book takes place over one night. Right? No. no. This book is less than three hundred fifty pages. At least mine is. How no, fast was how the was the um, normal normal speed narration? He wasn't like he pausing. wasn't pausing. Wasn't he was he put on a uh, an accent, but. You know, he's 
Wow. All of it. it was 14 hours and 25 minutes. Okay. There is no... That's the speed it takes to somebody to audibly narrate this book. And you have to consider that when he wasn't narrating in the book, it was when he was helping light a cigarette or, you know, mm-hmm. plus okay. little stuff like that inside. Yeah. It wasn't full, yep. just... Uh, Louis talking all the way through. Because yeah, no even breaks. in the middle of winter, the uh, longest days, you have daylight before 14 hours ago. Yes, this takes place in San Francisco. It's not like he was being interviewed in Alaska. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that that is one like a, a problem I have because that broke the. I guess I've never considered that actually. Yeah. Like, that just took me right out of the story. Every time I saw the clock, I was like. He's dead already. He couldn't finish this. Yeah. He's been burned by the sun. That sunrise has happened three hours ago. To the point where when he brought that up and I thought about it, I was like, oh, if I had thought about that, I would be assuming he's just trying to run out the clock and wait for the sun so he could die. That's how I would have. Oh, there's a nice period. Granted, I could read it faster than 14 hours. It took me less than 14 hours to read it. But to read it out loud, where it's being told. Yeah. Either that or Louis is a really, really fast talker. And yeah. <laughs> the guys have to play back on slow motion. He's on Gilmore. He's so much like yeah. 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 Louis' voice like, is a like chipmunk. The, the, the squirrel from. Yeah. <laughs> to the point where if you're but not talking really fast, and even if with the reserves that are minimal, let's say take out 25 minutes, that's still 14 hours. Yeah. And it's even night when they already go up to the. Right, because yeah. he found him in a bar and mm-hmm. it was already. Yep. Yeah. He talks well, about it being sure like you probably had to go pee by then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I would have <laughs> thought if I thought if I I didn't know that till he started listening to the mm-hmm. book, and I was like, oh well, if I know that, then because just reading it can theorize, oh, okay, maybe this is mm-hmm. going quicker, whatever. Yeah. But I would say, okay, well, my theory would be he's trying to wait till the sunrise so he could just finally end it all. He's at that point right. where he's like, I'm done. Run out the clock, let the sun take yeah, over. They're just, they did it in multiple sessions and just didn't say anything about it. Yeah. No. Right, but it's, it, it's in the book, the it's supposed to be the same <laughs> it's night. It's very thick drapes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Curtains. Right. So, yeah, that, that completely I get that. That, okay. took me out of the book. That Fair was enough. just one of the little minor things. That yeah. Just, yeah. And then my other really problem with the, the book, and this drove me crazy, is when Lestat shows up in Paris. Yeah. And he goes... It didn't happen in the movie. I like it. I like that it shows up. But he goes, Louis, I have something I have to tell you. We have to go. We have, I have to tell you. I have to tell you. We have to go. We have to get out of here. I have to tell you. And Louis says, screw you. And they, they get back to that moment at the end of the book. And Lestat still doesn't tell him what he needs to tell him. Yes, yes it drives me crazy too. Yes. I'm sitting. I went back and re-listened to that chapter after I finished the book because like, did I miss that? Like, what's the cliff? Like, that's Lestat's whole thing, though. Yeah, that's his entire thing. It's it's a it's a power yeah, play. Yeah, I need to talk to you. I still have something I haven't yeah. told you. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's just trying to get him. Mm, I because he doesn't know everything, but what he does know is that other vampires will know less than him. So he dangles the possibility of knowledge over their heads mm-hmm. to keep them close to him, to keep him entertained. Right. But he might not know hardly anything. Yeah, I mean, Louis learned more from Armand in yeah. one evening mm-hmm. where he's climbing the tower yes. and than he ever learned from Louis. And he's, okay. you know... A stat. A I mean. A yeah. stat, yeah. Too many, too many L's. That's the true strength of vampires in this universe. Yeah. They're not, like... I mean, it's not their strength or speed or stamina. It's their knowledge. That's yeah. the one thing that will make a vampire live or die. Yeah. 
so. Okay. So that, that drove me crazy. But. Maybe. Uh, well, my only real problem with the book was Bonnie said it already, and is the constant describing and repeat of just it's like okay. I understand you want to talk about how vampires see things and stuff, but you took five pages to write something that you could have done in like three paragraphs if you really want to get detailed, you know, to the point where I was like, okay, uh, I don't want to skip anything in case I miss something that I actually need to know. But at the same time, it's like, okay. Right? (laughs) At the same time, it's like, okay, you just... I've, I started to fall asleep a couple of times because I'm like, I've read this before, I've read this before, I've read this before. Oh, wait. This is the first time I'm reading this paragraph. And yeah, I feel like I've read it before. <laughs> yeah. So, but that was my biggest problem with it. I mean, I didn't really have too many problems with the book, really. Uh, but that was my major one. That and the, there was another one that kind of almost resolved itself to the point where I was almost on a problem. But the fact that Louis was when I talked about how other times I hated him, it was because he was so passive in a lot of ways. Like, you know, because who was the point? Okay, like a scene where Claudia is killing Lestat or trying to kill Lestat. He's almost got a Willy Wonka vibe. Like, no, stop. Don't do it. He just stands there. He just stands there. Doesn't, doesn't physically pull her off. Doesn't, you know, he's just like, stop. no. Yeah. Please stop. He's, exactly. Yeah. He's just like, just He's no. Don't yeah. don't kill. You know, a stat. Okay. If you don't want her trying to kill him, stop it or do something. You know, be. Don't just sit there and go. Oh, this is horrible. This is terrible. You know. Just, but I don't know my vampire powers. I don't know if I'm good or bad. I'm evil. Right. Know. Like okay, Louie, sack up. Come on. You can do that. Seriously. It's like. Wow. <laughs> you, come on. If you want to know your true powers, figure it out. Okay. If, if Lestat's not telling you anything, either a because he doesn't know anything, which you don't know for, really for sure until later. Or B, he's just being a jerk to dangle you, in which case, start earlier. Try to find other vampires. I know you were scared, but come on. you got to figure something out. You're a vampire. You're a vampire. <laughs> you don't have that much to be scared of. Just make sure you're your confident. You got night forever fire. to figure it out. Fire bad. <laughs> fire bad. Fire very bad. bad. <laughs> Universal human knowledge, fire bad. Yes. Take to the heart. Who wouldn't that kill? Don't let anyone cut off your head and stay out of the sun. We're good. <laughs> I think he would have figured out the sun by himself. If right? stuck his hand in it. Yeah. Just saying, there are only... There are very few, like a finite amount of rules that a vampire has to, for sure, follow. Mm-hmm. Feed, you know, um, sunlight. Yeah, don't go in the sun. There are a couple things that would kill you, don't but dead blood. other right. than that, there's really not too many rules that you have mm-hmm. to follow as a vampire. You know, not, there's not like you have a whole dictionary full of rules. Yeah. And the stuff that, if you don't know your own powers, either figure it out or find someone who's willing to tell you, who's yeah. willing to teach you, not just you know, keep it over you, like, oh, well, I'll teach you one day, but, you know. So that that's yeah. kind of the main, when those are the cool two main about. things. <laughs> when you're cool. <laughs> right. yeah. When you understand how, you know. When you what are you talking about? He's a vampire. He's cold. <laughs> but those were my two major problems. Is the we're having too much fun today. <laughs> right. right. Those are my two, like, just, I couldn't get past. And like I said, it almost felt like you almost made it for it towards the end. Almost. But you Not spend quite. like 300 
of the 309 pages being passive, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, or whatever, like 310 pages, or you know, maybe he stopped. He being was so passive. boring that even Armand left him. Yeah, I was really <laughs> surprised that he attacked the boy at the end because he had such a hard time attacking anyone who knew his name or yeah. knew anything about him. Mm-hmm. For yeah. so long that it almost surprised me when he attacked him because he knew more about him than anyone ever. Honestly, <laughs> going through it since I couldn't remember how the movie ended, I just kept thinking he's going to attack this guy just to you know. Oh, I told you my story, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. Except that, that that was so unlike what he always was. Well, in yeah. The story, so um, I remember he changed. After he did he change. Did change. So, which is fair enough. It's fair enough. So but once he changed, was, I was like, oh, he's going to just just to be a jerk, you know. Uh, I told you my life story. Now you're a vampire. You're gonna die, but it's on record. It's on the record. I, I did tell someone. So, <laughs> uh, I didn't. I mean, I didn't like Louis' passivity either. Um, it, it kind of got to me after a while. But the main thing was I just didn't like Lestat's character. Like not him as a character, but his his morals, the way that he treated Louis. That was the main thing I didn't like because. That's not what I like in actual like people that I interact with. You know, any anyone who has that kind of like power play and enjoys that kind of stuff in day to day life, I just see it as like you know shitty and petty, and I'm not I'm I'm not down with that. So th- that was the main thing. But I don't really have a whole lot to complain about when it comes to this book. Um, I really liked it. I I enjoyed it the second time reading it. Now um, I thought it was I thought it was a really really good interpretation of. of vampire lore set in the somewhat modern times of the 1970s. <laughs> you, you gotta give the book its due. It really yeah. is a masterpiece. Yeah. It I think it was... well written. Yeah. I think it was, like, from what I understand, I mean, again, I don't really read a lot of vampire lore and stuff, um, but it, it, it feels like, to me, like it was the first book to come in since... Dracula that made it like oh so the bazillion copies and yeah. it's popular again yeah. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. how kind of different fiction goes in waves and stuff it definitely created a new wave of vampire yeah, lore. I, w- I would argue you didn't really have the gothic movement of the nineties without this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, there there were there were some parts that dragged. Mm-hmm. Uh. There were some parts that it's like I'm going to put a marker here because I'm dozing off. (laughs) It's almost it's it's bedtime anyway, so I'll wait till my brain is more alert and tackle it in the morning. But you know, overall for the story, I didn't I didn't have a problem with it. One one thing that I, I did find interesting when did you say this book came out? 76 76 thereabouts mm-hmm. there was a book I remember reading it was more 73-74 so it actually predates this one that was called the Dracula Tapes and the premise was that he faked his own death to get Van Helsing off his back and he's still around and still alive and it was one where he met with a reporter and did a recorded interview and that's what the book was based off of and I had read that book 
prior to this book coming out. So it was kind of like this is copying. Uh, This one was, you know, a totally different story, totally different, Mm -hmm. you know, angle. But you know, the other one was basically Dracula taking time to tell his his story from his perspective. Mm. And the thing that I I got a kick out of out of that one was that at the at the end of the tape. Because he like, you know, I don't remember if he fed on the reporter, made him pass out, or just kind of did the old vampire go to sleep type thing. But at the at the end of the tape, when the reporter the reporter's listening to it, you hear him say something to Mina, and she laughs in the background. Mina Harker from Dracula because she ingested his blood. So whenever she ended up dying, she would have she would have become a vampire. And you know, stop think about that. And I sat there and go, "Oh wow, that's way cool." So I, you know, we didn't have a moment like that in this, but yeah, no. But I, I, you've told me about that, and I think about that all the time. Uh, I thought about that a lot during this book, actually. I haven't even read that book. I've just heard you tell me about it. But anyways, uh, but you know, I enjoy. I did enjoy this book. I, I am a a vampire fan. I've actually read read Dracula. I love Junior Dracula. High. I read that one about four I times. Dracula. I. This is supposed to be one of those definitive literary works on vampires, and I've heard so much about it for so long. And oh, the Anne Rice's vampire stories and interview with the vampire, and blah. And I'd only ever seen the movie. I'd never read any of the books. And I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed. Mm. I think though that does happen when you have such a hype because it was yeah. so like. And you talk about how like without this, we wouldn't have had this movie. And, and I can totally see that. And there are aspects of this book that I really liked, but there was so much that I, w- I was just I was so disappointed. Honestly, there was so much more that I wanted from it that it didn't have. It was no. a little bit like that for me with the movie. Not I didn't. Like, it's not that I didn't like the movie. The movie itself was, but for me. Not only was there the hype of how great it was, but I was purposely at the time when I watched it. I was at the time I shouldn't have watched it because I was purposely staying away from vampire stories because mm-hmm. it was during the height of Twilight when Twilight was coming out, and I was so like done with vampires. I'm like, no, I don't want to watch anything with vampires. I'll watch it when I'm ready to watch a vampire movie again. But somebody told me, no, you have to watch. It. If you don't like it, I, I you'll like it. There's no, I can't even finish that sentence, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And I was just so oversaturated with vampires that I wasn't open to watching it. Mm-hmm. Now I might be open to watching it. Okay, I might like it better this time around. But, you right. know, like I was so, like, I don't want to watch anything with vampires. And I, I, do, I do have a question. Is this the first instance in literature, because I don't really recall, uh, or popular media, where the, the first occurrence of vampires running a theater? I don't, and doing I don't, I don't performance. know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I could have done without as much details they had in that scene. By the way, I don't know. Vampires there was some of the some of the. I, I don't know. Like <laughs> like I I know that there's the whole like like there's always been or mostly pretty much always been a little bit of the erotic side with the vampire. They can seduce you. Blah 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 blah. Okay, that's been part of vampire mythos for a very long time. Wasn't that but in this book, it was just kind of awkward. It didn't seem as 
sexy to me, it seemed awkward. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. The way, like, the scenes, the way they were written, it, it was more awkward. It probably came wasn't off as awkward because Louis himself is still very awkward in a lot of ways. Like Maybe, but it just seemed awkward. It didn't seem sexy. It just seemed like, uh, uncomfortable a little bit, you know? <laughs> I don't know. But that's just, maybe it's just me that it came out off, off awkward, but, you know, I don't know. But, but, but it, se- it seems that I've, I've come across that motif in other books and or movies. Where vampires are running a theater. Where vampires theater. are running a theater. That would make for a carnival. <laughs> yeah, th- theater or carnival. Was or good. And it wasn't just vampires. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The books were pretty decent. I read the first three. And, you know, so it, it's just kind of like... It would make sense, though, because if you're running a theater, I mean, most performances are evening performances. They're nice. Mm-hmm. Except for the odd matinee, whatever. But you don't have to have you a matinee. Yeah, you don't you have, have to. to. And also, the owner of the theater just technically doesn't have to be there for the matinee. Right. If you just own the theater and whatnot, you know. Mm-hmm. The only thing that comes in trouble is if you have vampires in the cast. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's the only time it's right. is an issue. But, I don't know. Okay, so final thoughts? Um, whether you want to read the book or watch the movie. I'd try them both and just let you have yeah. your own opinion, but I'd have to say that I like the, the movie better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Final I'm going to side with Dave on that one. I, but I'm not saying the book was bad. It just... Uh, I just preferred the movie. Yeah. Mm. My final thoughts would be if you've heard all the hype, ignore all the hype and just... Um, because because I was disappointed. Yeah. And I like vampire myths, and I well, I like any myths and legends. I like lore. I like folklore. I like that kind of stuff. Um, so I was a little disappointed, and I, I didn't expect. I, I just I guess expected more. Um, so don't expect anything. Just read it yeah. with an open mind, I guess, and you'll probably enjoy it more than I did. Not that I didn't enjoy it. There's just I think I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it less than I expected to. I so. liked it minus the loose ends. There were loose ends, plus it went too long. It went too long. It went too long, <laughs> and it was loose ends. Chronologically, it was incorrect. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. I, I will be reading this. <laughs> so he's a late sleeper. Yeah. <laughs> mm. One strike against it. Ah, ah, ah. Two. Oh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to read the next one just because I want to know what goes on. But I, I'm interested in reading Queen of the Damned because I don't know what that, the characters are about. I watched the movie of that. I never watched the movie. I think I'd rather read the and book first. It, honestly, the movie was so discontent, disjointed yeah, from this that yeah. it was like, why are these in the same universe? Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's about a strong female vampire. Actually, it's about a queen vampire coming back, and there's like stats in it. Was yeah, yeah. in I don't know. I don't know. We'll the see. Stat from the you, movie you read the book and tell me what you think before I read it. Okay. I remember <laughs> rave party stuff. That's all I remember from <laughs> the movie. I have the movie. So I'm sure you don't remember the stat. I love that rave violinist. So, Millie, I'd say it was overall. I mean, a good read. I. It's not my favorite of the books we've read, but it's definitely not the worst. It's not major honor. Definitely not. No. It's not major. I don't think. Well, I hope we yeah, never read one like Comparing this to Maze Runner, that's going to be the standard against which we judge things. All bad now. books. Yeah. No, but this was this was a decent book. It was, you know, I I would definitely give it a seven. Out of eight. 
<laughs> at 10. Because, I mean, just because, like I said, I think the fact that it dragged on and on and on kind yeah. of bothered me. But uh, I do want to go back and see the movie now that no. there's been time. And now it's like, okay, I'm no longer inundated with vampires everywhere. I'm okay, you know. The only problem is nowadays without video stores... You can't just go out to a video store and rent it. You, you can, can you can rent digital yeah, stuff. That's assuming yeah. it's there. Yeah. But a lot of stuff is not on Netflix or well, gets taken off. I well, actually, has yeah, a rental we get, thing for like three bucks. We also then get call get David the, because I own a copy. No, okay. <laughs> Honestly, well, we also get the discs, so we can get it on DVD. Oh, you guys? Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So we have Netflix streaming and we have the discs. We pay for the discs. See, I wanted to do that when I first was thinking about getting Netflix, um, but I just I just couldn't afford it. So I just just because you're a like, fan of like 1930s movies. Yeah, you gotta get the discs because they're not streaming, but you can get all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff on discs. Yeah, we pay for one disc at a time, so uh, you don't pay the eight ninety nine thing. No, we pay uh, more. I, I I just do the nine dollar one. Yeah, that's going up. Yeah, it, yeah, it did. You know what? I'll still happily pay for it. I, I fucking love Netflix. I don't watch regular TV or even cable consistently at all, but I'm on Netflix. This is getting off topic because yeah. we just lost Disney and. Prices went up. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, what final thoughts, sir? I really, really enjoyed this book. Um, it's not just the nostalgia factor for me. Like, it's a generally well-written book. Um, I read this one, and I've read The Vampire Lestat, and I believe I've read The Queen of the Dam, but it's been so long I don't remember. Um, but it, it sets up a very interesting world with lots of different characters that you want to know more about, even if at times they're kind of boring and stagnant like Louis. <laughs> Uh, but overall, this was a really, really well-written book. I, I highly recommend it if you like old-school vampire fiction stuff. I liked it. Wayne? Um, I think my final point I threw in at the beginning when I was querying about vampire theaters. Hmm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good book. This was my second time reading it. So, but the last the last time was years ago. Same. Hmm. So I slept since I slept <laughs> since then. So, and seriously, the only the only scenes I remembered from the book was the boy interviewing, setting up his cassette recorder, and changing tapes. And at the beginning and at the end, him going, you know, what? And and Louis drinking his blood and him passing out and coming to later. That that's the only two things I remember from the book. <laughs> <laughs> so all the meat of the book and, and I and I remembered I remembered <laughs> that after he woke up he went to hunt Lestat. That that's the that's the two two scenes the opening and closing scenes of the book is what I remembered. I, I didn't really I mean I remembered that there was the little girl vampire you know didn't remember her name but you know Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's. Uh, who's, pick? who's who's picking? Last time. It up. Who picked oh, last time? I guess I guess Bonnie's gonna pick. I'll pick. Why not? All right. Dynamic. I like that. Just like the. What do we have? This. What is it's it? A yellow piece of paper. Yes, it is. What does it say on it? 
Dark Gentry Holistic Detective Agency by Douglas Adams. Woohoo! Nice. Um, you're sitting this one out, Dave? <laughs> it's oh, British. Oh, God. You don't read any more Douglas Adams books. That's right. Uh, you get a break. You get did, a break. Did, did uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Same yeah. author. Same author. Yeah. Uh, Dirk Gently, uh, a holistic detective. There's two novels: this and The Dark Tea Time for the Soul. Uh, Douglas Adams was an author or writer for Doctor Who. When um, the Tom Baker era of Doctor Who ended, he was let go. He took several of his un published scripts and turn them into Dirk Gently. This is completely a Doctor Who knockoff. Um, in the even, best way possible. <laughs> even describes Dirk Gently in a very Tom Baker fashion. Um, instead of a scarf, he's got a goofy tie. Um, there have been several TV shows and I believe a movie as well, but... There was one just recently, I believe. Yeah, the yeah. Show, there's a current show going on right now with... Um, Elijah Wood okay, okay. as the companion character. Save me, Elijah Wood. Um, it's a good book, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, see you guys uh, next month. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining um, us today for uh, Anne Rice's masterpiece interview with the vampire. Uh, next month or next episode, because I'm gonna try and maybe get out want to see if I can't do one more sooner than next month. Uh, We'll be uh, talking about Dirk Gently, the holistic detective uh, created by uh, Douglas Adams. Uh, I'm a fan of this character. I'm a fan of this book. Um, As the story was told to me, when when, uh, Douglas Adams was let go of Doctor Who, he, he took his um, Doctor Who leftover plots and mashed them together and created uh, Dirk Gently, the holistic detective. And um, I love it. I love it. It reads very Doctor Who-ish. Um, and it's a, a very funny uh, character and a funny book. So join us next time for Dirk Gently the holi- uh, in the Holistic Detective Agency. <laughs>